Um, okay, that was definitely an episode. <laughs> I always have a hardest time discussing or analyzing comedy. Things that normally wouldn't be considered acceptable suddenly become acceptable because well, it's a comedy. Like, the fact that it's wrong is part of the joke, you know? Like, remember the first Mirror Universe episode in DS9, uh, Crossover? That was dark, dangerous, deadly, and an interesting and vicious character examination of Kira. Both Kiras. Then there's this episode, which is a comedy episode. Now, what's funny is this was done very deliberately on behalf of the creators. They basically said, and I quote, the mirror universe is wacky and silly, so therefore we should embrace it. I myself have pointed out many times how ridiculous and insane the mirror universe is as a concept, and my theory that it's a crafted universe, because, I mean, nothing else makes sense. You'll notice even Jadzia died on this side after the other side. And they apparently have a thing against Ferengis. Let's see. Quark died in Crossover. Rom died in Through the Looking Glass. Nog died in Shattered Mirror. And here Brent dies. What the heck is with the Mirror Universe and Ferengi? God, it, I don't understand what their problem is with us. <laughs> uh, so, <clears throat> uh, this episode was dedicated to Jerome Bixby. Uh, he had unfortunately passed away you know, prior to this episode, but this was the first Mirror Universe episode done after said passing away. He was the author of several TOS episodes and quite a few other good works back in the day. But the most obvious one, of course, is Mirror Mirror, the one that gave us the Mirror Universe. So, Zek is, is missing, and I have to m wonder a little bit. I, I'm trying to figure out why it is, I don't know. Like it, it, the, 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 the this has to be one of the most obvious examples of cloud effect I've ever seen, because the premise here is so stupid I am legitimately having a hard time wrapping my mind around it. Apparently, it is so commonplace and so easy and so normal to cross over to the mirror universe that they do so effortlessly in both directions at any time they want to, and seemingly without any kind of detection whatsoever. I, I've talked before about the idea that. You know, the mirror universe, since it's so legitimately easy to cross over, why not actually open up diplomatic ties and trade negotiations? Apparently, Zek agreed with me. Go figure. All these years, I never knew. I, it's probably the voice, isn't it? So, I thought about doing the whole rumination on that voice. Then I realized my viewers would hunt me down and kill me. So, <clears throat> you ever wonder where the money goes for those statues. Does the person maintaining it just reclaim it at a certain point in time? Does it go to, like, a fund? Is there a bank of religious or yeah, religious commerce? Because this is not the first time we've seen this, but he literally slips little slips of gold money, basically, platinum, into the thing. Like, here, here's a prayer, and here's a prayer, and here's a prayer. Well, where's that money go? That's just a thing, a bust in his, in his room, right? Does someone come by and collect it? I don't know, just whatever. I, I shouldn't think about things because Mirror Universe. I wonder what my Mirror Universe would be like. Probably someone very intelligent with a huge, luxurious mane of hair who is brilliant and charismatic and incredibly important. 
I think that would make sense. One of the things they did deliberately was they made sure to use ROM repeatedly in this episode. Now, <laughs> this is actually funny. I've pointed out before that just because it's Mirror Universe doesn't mean they are, you know, the mirror. It's not literally the mirror of the original. So it's not like they're completely the opposite. Obviously, there are some cases where that's true. Bashir is a good example. Garak is a good example. Chekhov is a good example. But for the most part, the intention is just it's someone who grew, who, you know, has the same general makeup, mindset, and mentality that grew up under different circumstances. The Mirror Universe comics, which cover the Picard and Enterprise D Mirror Universes, also follows through on that same idea. I know I'm thinking too much about an episode that deliberately does does not think about itself, but I bring up that point because Rom brings this point up several times. Rom was designed to be the viewpoint character for the episode. He's just constantly pointing out, well, well hang on. Well, Ezra's here, and you're supposed to be the good guys, but the captain's nice, but the tube goes here. Oh, excuse me. And he's just constantly pointing out things where it's just like, well, this doesn't make sense. Well, how does this work? He even wakes up once. Wait a minute. I was just thinking about this. Uh, yeah, I get it, guys. Mirror Universe dumb. Moving on. Um, Looking at my notes here. There's an obvious continuity error with the cloak. Unlike most of the other nonsensical stuff, this one's a little bit iffy because this actually directly contradicts something that was in a previous Mirror Universe episode where they actually decloaked. Now, we do know there are different types of cloaks and different grades of cloaks, so maybe they just want a really good cloak. I don't know. I mean, apparently they're able to sit right behind the Defiant without any issue, so maybe that really is it. I, 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 don't, I don't know. I got nothing. Um, we see... I mean, don't mistake me. I do enjoy this episode. It's just, it's just hard to talk about. What are you two doing? I'm thinking about painting my room this color. And Quark does the thing he does when he lies. You're showing the verbal tick that he's always shown throughout the whole show. It's like, oh, I told you this was already... Oh, no wonder I like it so much. Oh, where'd the cloak go? <laughs> it's right... What's, the, what's powering it? How does the cloak work independent? Apparently, um, Armin Shimmerman and Max Grodenchik practice. Max Grodenchik. Oh, God, am I getting his name wrong all the time? I, I suddenly feel uncertain about his name. I've heard it said many times, and I've said it myself several times, and apparently I just can't manage it right now. Uh, oh, for God's sakes. Max Grodenchik. I think I'm saying that right. Just sounds weird all of a sudden. The two actors who play Rom and Quark had to practice for days in order to try and, you know, pretend you're lifting something and giving it weight and you have to maintain a certain distance from each other as you're walking. And that is a lot harder to do than it looks. As much as people make fun of mimes, some of the actions they take are, that takes practice and work. Then they ended up giving them a little bit of sheet of something just for the heck of it, just to help them maintain it. Then they added a special effect on top of it, because why not? Anyways. Still, you know, A for effort, guys. Uh, so, we see the gun-toting Vic. We find out that Jadzia is dead. I, I like, I want to say I give praise to Nicole DeBoer for this episode, because she does a good job of portraying someone who is very casual and just doesn't care. Like, she just comes across as, okay, yeah, whatever. Like, like it's just completely blasé. 
I actually know people like that in real life. You get the impression that she's the kind of person where someone would be like, oh my god, you know, you don't understand. This massive enemy fleet is invading. She'd be like, all right, I guess I'll get to my ship. You know, just whatever. Not like Squall, an actual whatever. Um, Smiley is, of course, still the decent one, such as it is. And the intendant is not above using sex to get what she wants, which I know sounds shocking. Although, well, I don't want to talk about that too much. But either way, Quark also mentions he's going to help the Nagus for no reward, which is a nice touch. And then we see Regent Worf. If I were to pull up the list of don't-dos for an evil overlord, I'm pretty sure every single thing he does is on that list. 100%. He portrays the most stereotypically stupid Bond villain that it's delightful. Credit to Dorn for just absolutely embracing the role. Because he does, too. He just lunges into it. He is so stupid. This is the kind of thing where, you know, if I was to think about the political aspects, I would say that the leader on the throne is actually powerless and an idiot, and is only there to serve as a convenient target for assassins who want to gain the throne for themselves, and maybe the actual power behind the throne is such and such or whatever. But he is so stupid, and it is hilarious. I love it. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I'd love to go, but it would just be me reciting the scenes for you. Every scene Worf is in made me laugh. Especially his first one. He's like, Achoo! My god, my sinuses are clear for the first time in years! This beetle snuff is amazing! No wonder the Ferengi love beetle snuff so much. It all makes sense now. I mean, if that stuff can clear out a Klingon sinus... <sighs> I have a note here about Worf and how pathetic he is, and it says, I wonder how pathetic the Alliance is. Like, really? Obviously, the Rebels have been doing surprisingly well against them, despite the fact that they have nothing going for them. So maybe the Alliance really is pathetic in every episode except crossover, basically. Hmm, funny how that works out. It's almost like the less serious it got, the more cartoony they got. You know one thing I kind of regret about these Mirror Universe episodes? To get real for a second. There's an episode of Voyager. I don't remember the name of it. Uh, I don't remember the name of it. It's the one where the doc a copy of the Doctor is woken up like five centuries after the fact, and he's, you know, watching recordings of them piecing together information about the Voyager crew, and the Voyager crew is hilariously evil. It's the closest to a Mirror Universe episode the Voyager crew have ever done. It's a very good episode, but not just because of the Mirror Universe stuff, but, you know, because it's a very impacting, powerful message, and, and just... It's a Doctor episode that has a very strong thematic point that has hilarious Mirror Universe antics. And actually, it has a second major point, too. There's historical revisionism, and then there's racial and cultural biases. It's actually one of my favorite Voyager episodes. But I'm getting way off topic here. The point being, I would have liked it better if they had approached these episodes like that. Just disconnect it from reality. Don't jump into the Mirror Universe. Don't try to pretend this is anything real do a historical revisionist thing like Voyager did, or maybe make it so that this is a holodeck and they're all just having fun with it, or something. Don't try to tell me that if it's on a holodeck, there would be no threat. First of all, obviously, they just make the holodecks malfunction. Roll my eyes. But second of all, there is no threat in this episode. 
There's a scene in this episode, there's actually several scenes where, where alternate Garak walks up with this incredibly horrifying virus that will slowly boil you alive from within. And it's, there's no danger, no threat. That's the kind of thing in a serious dramatic piece would be absolutely horrifying. Think about that in like a movie like Saw or something like that. Okay, maybe that's a bit much, but you get the point. Instead, here, they just talk circles around Garrick. They make fun of him. They laugh at him. It's a comedy piece. It's literally a... I, I, the tone is so completely different. There's so many scenes in this episode that I remember tilting my head and thinking, God, this should be horrifying. It's not. Oh, no, the, the regent has captured them and is going to use them against their will. Uh... <clears throat> Whatever. What are they talking about after they've been captured and are probably going to be tortured to death? You're not going to tell your mother about the fact that I was doing things with the intendant, are you? And that's that's what they're talking about? <laughs> really? <laughs> There's no threat. So just do it on the holodeck. Have Worf just having fun being the stupid evil Bond villain. Have Garrick stretching by tra- pretending to portray a thug. Don't do the intendant thing. <laughs> Let's just skip over that one really quick. Uh, just, I, whatever, whatever. So then Brunt dies. I already mentioned that. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to save your lives. A very worthy cause. I d- <laughs> There's a scene where he's got the, the cloak turned on and Rom, oh, Mr. Regent, your cloak's turned on. I mean, granted, the whole episode had been kind of, eh? but the moment I saw that, I just, I just lost it. I was just like, all right, I give up. I give up. In fact, I have very few notes after that point on. The only note I have is the wonderful bit with, uh, Worf throwing a fit. He literally is like, but, but there's this wonderful bit where, Garak's like, yeah, what could he t- teach me about things? You know, I already know, I know all that I need to know about sabotage. Oh, no, we could teach you about sabotage. Power guts out. So this is sabotage. Get him! <laughs> just body tackle Garrick. Uh, so then they, so then the Defiant tries to destroy the ship, takes the region hostage. Surely this will lead to, you know, a victory for the rebels. We don't know. We never see the mirror universe after, after this part. Unless you count STO. No, seriously. Unless you count STO, which obviously I do, this is the furthest along in the timeline of the Mirror Universe. So, the last thing we saw was the Rebels getting a daring victory against the Alliance, and a whole lot of shenanigans. Very appropriate, I think. Very appropriate. I'm sorry, I just have so little to say here. I've always thought that the Mirror Universe has to be dealt with one of two ways, and this is admittedly one of them. And I wanted to give my thoughts on that, because if you remember, way back in Crossover, I mentioned that I remember by memory not liking the DS9 take on the Mirror Universe. And I still kind of don't. This is still kind of a forgettable episode. But it is funny enough, especially on repeat viewing, that I'm like, okay, I'm willing to go with you on it. I think ultimately Crossover and this one are the two that worked best for me. The first one was done in the exact opposite style. Very serious, very dramatic, and treated exactly as deadly and dark as it should be. This episode, this is a Looney Tunes episode. 
And again, I'm with that. And I think that's one of the more interesting things about Deep Space Nine and the fact that we had these five Mirror Universe episodes in Deep Space Nine. Because if you pay attention, there's a bit of a gradient from super dark and serious to ah, by the end. It's not a linear gradient. It's more like uh, chakonk by the end. But it's still there. And I think that's okay in its own right. I still would rather it not be the mirror universe if you're going to do, you know, you know if you're going to contra contradict yourself in that manner. And if I'm being honest, looking back, I've decided that I wish they hadn't gone to the mirror universe after all. I, I, I remember saying something about that when I was first looking at these episodes when I first hit crossover. I was going to give the show a chance to change my mind. As much as I do enjoy several of these episodes, namely the two that I mentioned, I still think I'd prefer they just left it alone. And the main reasons why are twofold. Number one, the mirror universe, well, like I said, it has to be deadly serious or it has to be comedic. And ultimately, if I'm being honest, neither really makes sense. The deadly serious only makes sense if you presume that travel from one to the other is very, very difficult to do. Which it isn't, as we demonstrate. So you'd have to maintain the difficulty of travel, which makes it more and more unbelievable the more you do with it. In short, if they had just chopped it off the crossover, that might have worked a lot better. Because then, only by an absolutely freak accident of the wormhole were they able to come through at all. Okay, sure. But if everything is ridiculous, silly, cartoony, then then you've basically done a Farscape thing where you've opened a portal into the Looney Tunes dimension. I don't mean to speak ill of Farscape. It's an awesome show, and, and also that's not what was happening in that episode. But the point being... That The problem is you, you can't do that. You can't have Space Balls and Star Wars occupy the same setting. It just doesn't gel. There's just too many incons inconsistencies and logical contradictions that make it go, huh? And at that point, well, you might as well just keep it completely segregate. Now, if you're paying attention, Enterprise did that. Enterprise had a two-parter in the Mirror Universe. It's actually one of my favorite Mirror Universe episodes overall. Probably my second favorite, even now. And in that episode, they kept it segregate and cartoony. And that worked a little bit better. And I think that's the key part that was missing here. I know that sounds strange to focus an episode entirely on people who are not the main crew, but that is something Star Trek's done before. Voyager did that in Course Oblivion, one of the most depressing episodes in the history of Star Trek. And Enterprise did this. With, I think it's Mirror Darkly or something like that. Whatever, the two-party, you know what I'm talk, talk, talking about. They had the, for lack of a better way to put it, guts to completely set a show centered completely off of the main cast. And it worked quite well. You don't have to do that all the time. In fact, you probably shouldn't do that all the time. But I think for five episodes across seven seasons, that would be more acceptable. Just, and here's the Mirror Universe episode. And... We cut over there and we see all these events happen and are all ridiculous and silly and funny and awesome, right? Sure, that makes sense to me. Of course, then we wouldn't have Discovery's thing, which by this point, I've actually watched season one and season two of Discovery, and... Well, I'm, I'm, I don't want to comment on that, and I know that I'll be killed with sticks for saying anything good or bad about Discovery. But what I am going to say is that they definitely had a significant point of the, the Mirror Universe, and, this is important, crossing over to and from the Mirror Universe. Actually, hang on. So, to, from, to, from, I think that's all of them. Two, 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 four bounces. Something like that. Spoilers. So, we'd have to lose that whole Mirror Universe episode thing. And you know what? I think that, I think I'd be willing to take that. 
Uh, sorry for continuing on. I wanted to talk a little bit about the mirror universe as a concept and as an application. I'm curious what your guys' thoughts are. You know, Looney Tunes, segregate, serious, deadly, difficult to access. You know, how would you apply it if you indeed had the choice to do so? If the, the executive mandate came down from on high saying you have to come up with a way to keep doing mirror universe episodes, how would you have done it? Just food for thought. I still enjoyed this romp, even though it makes no sense and it's ridiculous and silly. <laughs> Cloud effect. I hope you've enjoyed. I'll see you next time, guys.